Since the beginning of time, people have always found creative ways of communicating. This is my way. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and we need to talk. Hello and Happy New Year. Welcome to 2020. How exciting. We're in a new decade. Um, if you're someone who listens to the show pretty regularly, you'll notice something that's a bit different about this episode. It has a new title. You might have even uh, looked into your podcast apps and saw that you had a show you'd never seen before and don't remember downloading. Well, rest assured, it's the same old show with just a bit of a facelift and a more structured focus. I wanted to change the title because Conan O'Brien said something on his podcast that really resonated with me. He said he believes that a good show has a life of its own and it evolves and it grows and it becomes more mature and you really do find what the show is all about. Not in the very beginning, but after the after some time has passed over the course of a journey. And that's true for this show because I was thinking about it. I was looking back on all the episodes that we've recorded over the last couple of years. And I really began to think about what is the through line of this show. And I began to think about the nature of the shows that we've been recording, especially in 2019, 2018 and 2019. And I realized that the through line is that we were having conversations that mattered to us. We touched on topics like religion and sexual orientation, and we got silly sometimes and talked about things that interested us, like when Liam Connaughton came on to tell us all about escape rooms, and we talked about things like what the nature of moving to Los Angeles to follow your dreams is like. And the more I thought about what that through line was, For a while, I couldn't find it. And then I realized, oh, the through line is these are conversations that matter to us, that they mean something. And most every one of these conversations led to me or me and my guests learning something or discovering something new that we were really excited about or just seeing a different perspective in other people. And I realized this isn't just the conversation that's on the show. This is the kind of conversation that people are having every day all around the world. We do see on social media that we're fighting about politics and fighting about policy and fighting about just anything, anything liberal versus conservative, America versus Russia, America and the Ukraine, America and China, India, Iraq, what's going on in Iraq, the Iraq, you know, there's so much that we're being bombarded with. But if you go to a micro level, we're having these conversations probably in the exact same way that we've been having these conversations for thousands of years. So these conversations are not for nothing. It's through conversations that you really discover who you are, what you believe, what you think, how you feel. And then there it was. There's the through line. These conversations are not for nothing. And I love being a part of these conversations, and I love that other people are part of these conversations. And so that's how the new title was born. And I'm excited to, to sort of share a more focused version of the show with you. And I'm just going to start now with talking about New Year's. New Year's Eve is my favorite holiday because it's a great chance to wipe the slate clean, take stock of what's going on in your life, and make some plans for the, new, for the future. I posted on the Not For Nothing Facebook page a happy new year message. And then I asked everyone, what are some of your new year's resolutions? What are you going to be working on today? And I'm excited to say that there's a lot of people who listen to this show, who've got some big plans coming in 2020. And I'm going to share some of those with you. But first, while I was home over Christmas break in Alabama, I was there for 10 days. 
that's a whole story within itself, being in Alabama for 10 days. I got the chance to sit down yet again with friend of the show and show regular, Sarah Cooper. She talks about a journey she went on. Basically, it was something fun, something exciting that she wanted to do because she got the opportunity to do it. But she explains here in this interview that she kind of went on a journey of the soul. And when I think about that, I feel like she might not be the only one who's going through a journey of the soul right now. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Sarah Cooper. Hello. Hello. Fancy meeting you here. Fancy meeting you here in your home. home. Usually when you and I talk, we are talking over the airwaves, you in Huntsville, me in Los Angeles, but here I am in your home in Huntsville because I am visiting Alabama for the holidays. And the accent's only going to get thicker. Despite what time you are listening to this, right now this is being recorded in December. On the 20th. On the 20th. At 11 o'clock at night, no less. <laughs> and as the, I know, it is 11 o'clock at night because we've been hanging out today. I saw Zsa's new home. Zsa. It was beautiful. And for those of you who don't know, Zsa is Sarah's mother. That's what we call my mom. It's her code name. That's her code name because Sarah has a lot of people in her life, and I'm going to make this intentionally vague, that cannot have their identities revealed. <laughs> and that's all. We're all secret celebrities. Exactly. <laughs> Um, So I'm going to do the thing where, uh, like on the New York Times podcast that they do, they describe their atmosphere. And you and I are sitting at a table that is genuine vintage. It is a round table that it looks like it has a crease here. I have a For there to be a leaf. Which is in the closet. Okay. So this table could get bigger if you wanted it to. (laughs) What color is it? Um, But it is white for mica with a big about two inch trim um, of... I guess just canary yellow, just regular sun, banana yellow, sunshine yellow, sunshine yellow, and the cha- the yellow matches the chairs we're sitting in, which are actually very noisy chairs. They're <laughs> not ideal for a podcast, but welcome to our. They life. are yellow vinyl. They're swivel with rollers on the bottom. Um, so it is straight out of the sixties. That's my guess. Your house is a mix of vintage furniture and macabre. Ideally, just like my personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think <laughs> old the, school vintage I think references and have, gallows humor. <laughs> <laughs> I think the listeners have learned your humor. So, where we left off, since we're here together, you and I had our last conversation that happened to make it to air. There's been a few more, <laughs> but that's the thing. Here's the joy of a one man show where I do all the editing, I do the recording, I do everything. Sometimes things don't work mm-hmm. because I'm not. A sound editor, but <laughs> exciting upon exciting thing is this is your first visit to the new show. Ooh. Not for nothing, yeah. You you we've needed to talk and we did, and now we the, were funny, but we're not anymore. Kyle's friends <laughs> were funny, but they're no longer funny. But now all the conversations we've had leading up to this point, we know for sure they're not for nothing. So we've got all the puns, we got all the the wits. So the last episode you were on of We Need to Talk, you were talking about your obsession with Cher. I was talking about my obsession with Lucille Ball. And and not only our obsession, but our complete expert knowledge of them. Working knowledge. I don't call myself an expert yet. But I'm working on it. I call, I'll, I'll be an expert once I get my Christmas present from you that will deliver that's on the 26th. That's true. I had, to, I had to reveal my Christmas present to you. Um, because I love spoilers. Because, well, first of all, you love spoilers. Second of all, the U.S. Postal Service or FedEx or UPS, I'm going to throw you all on blast because I'm not sure who's delivering it, but you're, <laughs> you're behind, sirs and madams. Um, but anyway, you were hinting that you might go to Cher's concert and you were upset that Cher was not coming to <laughs> Huntsville or Birmingham well, or Nashville. I don't think she'll be coming. She'll be coming to Huntsville when she's like in her 90s, probably when things start getting smaller and quainter environments. Oh, yeah. I don't think we're big enough for that. Um, but you were upset about that. You wanted to go, but there was nowhere near you. So in the interim between that conversation and this one, a lot has happened. 
Um, <laughs> there, you found out that there was she was in New Orleans. Right. That was the closest thing to Huntsville at the time was New Orleans or Zsa, Zsa and I going to Vegas in February, but apparently we couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Even though Mom Zsa, Zsa was. Well, and to Vegas, given your macabre style, it's it's the perfect city for you. It's it's got the voodoo witch doctors. New it's Orleans, got, yeah. What did I say? I said Vegas, but New oh. Orleans. So what happened was is one day I was bitching as I do about <laughs> not being able to go and how I was really no comment. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> how I didn't get to go and I was upset. And then one of my friends from work finally looked at me. Well, actually, they didn't look at me. It was through text. Said, "Why didn't you just go alone?" And I was like, "To Vegas? I can't afford that." They're like, "No, you dumbass. To New Orleans. You love mm. New Orleans." Just go to New Orleans. And I was like, ding. It was like the Oprah aha moment. Well, and you can vacation alone as an adult. Right. And then you texted me. I called you. Or you called me. I called you and said, I have an idea. And you, right when you said going alone, it just, like the light bulb went off in my head too. Like that, I love that journey for you. Yeah. You need that. You need to go alone. and Because there's nobody. I mean, maybe I might come close. The closest of, out of all your people, but there's nobody in your life that would appreciate that as much as you. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So, it was a ding, ding, ding. I was like, oh, I can do this. And then I had to hee-haw on it about 48 hours about buying a ticket, where to sit, how much money to spend on a ticket, what about getting a hotel, got to save money for that. And then my phone died, and I bought a ticket the same day, so I spent like... Six hundred dollars in one day on a new phone and a ticket. Mm-hmm. Well, that was heartbreaking. But you did. You did. You you, li- you did what we all should be doing, realizing that these moments in our life. You had the forethought to do what we all should be doing. You know that these moments may be fleeting, so do as much as you can to make something special yeah. for yourself. <laughs> You're but always you spent, earn more. Money. You spend a lot more money than some people might think was necessary. <laughs> but you got tenth row floor seat. I was on the tenth row in section A. I have my wristband still. I did save that because I've never sat on the floor for a concert ever. ever. Out of all the concerts you've been to, you've never, never sat, sat on, on the floor. Never sat on the floor. Is this going to change how you go to concerts? Yes and no. There are very few. There's certain people that you now know that I will this. buy floor seats for them because yeah. I know what that experience is yeah. like. If I saw, if Alice Cooper came back, he's been to Huntsville twice. I've seen him both in the past six years. I've seen him both times. If he came back to the arena, I would buy a floor seat for mm-hmm. that show. Just because it's so theatrical. Like, I think if you're... I do think there's merit. If you go to a theatrical show, sit far away. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't sit... You know, because th- you'll be able to see more. But if you're going to go see, like, Adele perform, I'm not sitting in the nosebleed seats. She doesn't have fireworks. Yeah. I'm going to sit close. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, so I was like, I'm going to do this. And then I was hee-hawing about money. And then people... I was, again, talking to a coworker, And they were like, oh, yeah, just... If you're going to spend that much money, you might as well get the best seat you can get. And I did. I did learn. I have not told you this, though. When I got there, I got there real early because I'm my mother's child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I found out that the peop- two people who sat next to me spent over $1,000 for their seats together. And the guy five rows down from me spent twice as money, much money on his seat as I did on mine. Why? How? One, I think if you buy pairs of tickets at a time, they're going to cost more. Oh, yeah. In general. And two, I bought an island seat where all the seats around me were sold. So I think mine was cheaper because they were just trying to fill that hole. Oh, yeah. Fun fact. So go to concerts alone. You'll get better prices on your solo seats. Um, That's interesting. (laughs) But yeah, so I bought my ticket and I was like, oh, fudge. Got to do it. Going to do it. Bought it. Now what I do. Um, I was like, oh, whatever. And you had told me, and I threw you under the bus to my par- during the conversation. Oh, you to, sure did. Not to tell my parents, because my parents are worry warts. It's out of love. Don't tell them. Mm-hmm. Then I talked to my therapist about it, and she did a god-awful share impression and said, no, you should tell your parents. It's fine. You know, whatever. So I went to my parents' house, and I go, um, I'm going to go share in New Orleans. And mom's like, oh. <gasps> When and I was like, told her, she goes, well, I want to go. Is there a seat available next year? I was like, no, you have job stuff to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you told me you couldn't yeah, do anything she, in December. Jaja's job kept that option th- off the table. Kept threatening to augment her entire schedule for the rest of 2019. Starting so was, in August. So there was oh, yeah. no reason for you to believe that she would be available. Right. Yeah. No. And so my parents in their helicopter love freaked out. My mom was like, oh, your dad needs to go with you. He loves New Orleans. And I'm like, he's not going to go see a Cher concert. No. 
well, he likes New Orleans, and you don't need to go down there alone. And we went in circles, fighting, fighting, fighting. And I finally said, this is why Kyle said I shouldn't even tell you I was going. <laughs> that didn't go over very well. Did it not? <laughs> well, Mom was annoyed that I I think it was an eye-opener because I am 30 almost. Uh-huh. I don't technically have to clear anything I do with my parents. I do it to be polite and like yeah. love them and include them in my life. But well, I, can I, mean, choose, I, mean, I can also not Anybody them. who goes to anywhere, you need to be like, I'm going here. Mm-hmm. Here's what's happening. I mean, that's just good sense as a human yeah. in this day well, and age. Well, the, 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 um, the compromise was Zsa Zsa picked the safe hotel for me to stay in. So mom picked out the hotel room. Because of where it was. And I reminded her we went to see Kiss in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Literally every hotel around. We all converged slowly upon the KFC Yum Center. And we all dissipated back to our hotels afterwards. Because literally everyone who's staying near the arena is all going to the same place. Right. No big deal. So it was fine. So I went. I... Being my mother's child again, drove down incredibly early to give myself plenty of time to get ready. I talked to you for most of that trip. You did. <laughs> you called me twice and texted me, and I te- and I voice texted you back saying, "I am literally on the interstate, you idiot." Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, "Why are you texting me?" You know, I was I'm sending drunk. you pictures of something. It was like, your logo. Oh, the logo. Yeah, yeah. I was doing some. Yeah, art, and some, I was like, "Why are some you marketing te- stuff?" Texting me. I am literally on the road, and you know this. But yeah, so I had to text my parent. This is the funny part. I texted my parents leaving the gas station. It got stuck in the universe and didn't get to them for like three hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, I, I tried, admittedly. Um, and, of course, I called them when I got there. Um, I valet parked because I stay because I that part of New Orleans was terrifying to drive in. And I found mm-hmm. out later this is what happened in one weekend. The Saints were playing at home. Mm. The Lu- Louisiana high school football playoffs were happening. Oh and gosh. Cher was in town. Uh-huh. <laughs> Downtown was a nightmare. There were people everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I literally see my hotel pull into the valley parking lot. And I was like, I don't care what it is. I'm paying it. Get You You find where to put my car because I don't know where to put it. Like, <laughs> I don't even I, care where you put it. I don't care how much it costs. Just take this out of my... on the roof. I don't yeah. care. So literally the hotel was just full of people. So... I also learned that you can now have a borrowing menu from ho- the Hyatt Hotels. Because I never knew that either. I was thankful because my car, my phone charger was in my car, and I didn't know where the fuck they parked my car. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't about to ask them to bring me my car just so I can pull a cord out and then put it back. That's I, I didn't think about that. Like, just go to the car. Yeah. But you can't. You can't. I don't know where my car is. Um, so, yeah. So, that was nice. I, <laughs> in true Zsa Zsa fashion, got upgraded to a king suite. I don't know how you all do it. I don't either. Like, you and just... I, I literally was dumbfounded, and I looked at the woman, and I was like, did my mom upgrade me to be nice? Like, what happened? Like, why do did I... Did she? No. <laughs> they just upgraded me for the hell of it, I guess. They're like, oh, we got so many people here. You paid for this room. We don't have any more of those left. So, so here, stay go here. up go up to the 17th floor. You were on the 17th <laughs> floor? You didn't tell me that. On the 17th. You sent me pictures of the hotel room, yeah. but um, you didn't send me any pictures of the view. There wasn't one. It was looking at the arena, the like just uh, walls. It wasn't pretty. That's boring. Yeah, it wasn't a good view. But yeah, so then I got ready in my hotel room. I was listening to music. It took me forever to figure out how to log into Wi Fi because I'm an idiot, but I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I went down to the bar, the restaurant because I wasn't going to. I wish we weren't. I wasn't near the French Quarter where I like, could walk to go eat. It was only mm. downside. But so I was like at the bar and I was eating and then this lady comes up and these other people come up and we're all like, oh, we're all going to this, you know, to the concert. Oh, you're going to the concert. Where did you come from? Where did you come from? Mm. And then I tell this, these two older women next to me, I tell them I'm from Huntsville and one grabs my hand and goes, my daughter lives there. And I'm like, I don't know why you're holding my hand to tell me this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like my daughter lives at Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. I was just like with you. Uh, it was very, it was very sweet, but I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Why are you touching me? Maybe she's just in one of those spaces in her life where she's waiting for God to intervene and talk to her. And she's like, my daughter lives in Huntsville. <laughs> I mean, That's she was, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, she was super precious. And the other lady was really nice. There's a lot of people from Alabama. Um, there was another family who was like from outside New Orleans. And so that was really cool. And of course, I, again, 
walked to the, like, I was like, the arena opens at seven. I'm getting there at seven. Well, I get there and every other person in fucking New Orleans is out there. And they in New Orleans have a no bag policy. Mm, did you take your bag? No, because I only took a wallet. Because uh-huh. I, I had planned. I was like, I don't want to keep up with the purse. I don't want to get mugged. Can't mug me if I don't have a purse. Mm-hmm. Logic. Um, so I literally had my phone, Fair. had a jacket, <laughs> didn't need a jacket. It's like 60 degrees outside. And I'm like, don't need this. And there's all these bodies around, but I have one. Yeah. And my wallet, which literally had my credit card, my debit card, my ID, and $3 in cash, because that's all the cash I had. Well, your coat gave you a safe space to put your wallet. Yeah. In my <laughs> well, I put it in my butt pocket. Oh, okay. So, how, so yeah. How was the, tell me the experience of going to the concert all by yourself. I, it was diff- like on in the arena it was different so i got in early i got my suit i got my souvenir got my merch mm-hmm. bought a t-shirt didn't buy anything else because couldn't bring myself to because i don't have any money um and i was on the floor and i like people watching in general so that part was fun because there was such a variety of people there mm-hmm. there was such a variety there was these i mean because I was on the floor, and on the left-hand side looking up, there were seats kind of, like, almost right parallel with the stage. So mm-hmm. not the greatest view, but you're close. Yeah. That kind of mixed ground thing. And there was these two women and this young girl who could not have been more than 10. Yeah. That girl was living her best life. She was living the dream. She was so happy to be there. She wow. was dancing the whole time. So that was, you know, seeing stuff like that was really fun. Um, and there's a lot of couples. There's a lot of women with gray hair and I was just so I was like people watching that was fun I was a little hesitant about who was going to be around me yeah because that's kind of know. a gamble like on like on my flight here yeah you just never know who you're going to be because you're stuck with them yeah and you're um, about to have an experience so who what what was the most surprising person you saw like your people watching you're like checks out gays yep checks out old ladies yep checks out girls with their mama yep checks out who's the there, one that you're, stopped you in your tracks and you're like oh that, <laughs> why are you here there was a couple that asked me to take their photo together and I'm pretty sure they were married as a man and a woman uh-huh. they did not look like they were blonde there was also a man who resembled the biggest um he looked very Southern Creole earthy, like a white guy with kind of stringy, thinning gray hair. He had a fedora on. He was tall and bone thin with like a... Le- and I was just like, you look like you would listen to bluegrass music all day. Mm-hmm. Maybe he does. he was happy to be there. Mm-hmm. And he was up when Niles Rogers, he was the opener, came on. He was like, yes, in his moment. And I was like, maybe you came for Niles, but you stayed the whole time. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Well, was he near you? He was two rows in front of me. So That's he, a lot of money to pay for the opening. I know, right? <laughs> but I just, he didn't look like he belonged, but he was happy. So I was like, do it, bro. You go. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was a lot of um, different ages and a lot of young people. I was... I will tell you, I could have killed to be one of those little girls that someone paid to have a backstage VIP pass. Mm-hmm. I was like, why do you have the money to pay for your kid and not me? Like, I'm so <laughs> mad. Why do you why get do this you moment? Why do you pay for strangers <laughs> to go backstage? Why do you have this moment? Why do you have the money to do this and not yeah. me? So that was fun. And then um, the two women who sat next to me originally were talking about how good looking Keith Urban was. They ended up moving Is up. Keith Urban there? No. <laughs> they were just discussing him. <laughs> they were just Fair they enough. were just discussing how good looking he was. They actually moved up or closer because I guess they saw empty seats and they're like, oh my god, she's gonna get me kicked out because we're moving up. And I'm like, or they'll just tell you to go back to where you help you came yeah. from. Did you did you think about moving up or no. closer? No, because I didn't want to be that weird person that gets like. Pushback. Oh, yeah, you don't have a friend there. So no. You're the weirdo who's like, this is my seat. <laughs> right. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, <laughs> it yeah. is much easier when you've got two people like, you've oh, got a partner oh in crime. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Like, no. So I was cool. I was like, no, y'all go have fun. I am good. I have row 10. 10's a solid number. I'm happy. Well, and you sent me a picture and you were like, no, of share. Or no, of the, of the stage. Sign, yeah. And you're like, no Zoom. And you're and like... I was like, holy moly. Yeah. And then when you sent me that picture of Cher, I was like, oh my gosh, she's up Cher's ass right now. <laughs> like... I could see the ass tattoo. I'm not even joking. Really? <laughs> I saw... I was like, I can see it. I'm close. I see that. That is there. I know where I'm at. <laughs> you can see the one on her arm, too. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, and so then... The two people, the, my homies that I met uh, that sat next to me, John and Christine, 
pretty sure Christine was drunk when she got there, which I was like, live your best life. Do you want to say hey to him? Hey, John and Christine. I don't. You don't follow me on Twitter. So but you can give them the link that you're talking about them. Yeah, I could. In the in the podcast, and then you can get me some more listeners because it's a baby show. It's a brand new <laughs> show. Um, that 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 was a good thing because they were so excited to be there too, because they were both like, Oh my god, look where we're sitting. Mm-hmm. We're so close. And I'm like, yeah. right, you know what? We're gonna be able to see the lace line on the wigs. Like <laughs> we're so close. That's um, intense. Yeah. Um, so that was really fun. And of course, Niles Rogers, he's really good. He, I know more of what he's written for other people than I know of his stuff. What has he written for other people? Um, just, I don't da- know his name. just dance for David Bowie. Oh, okay. Um, he did, uh, f- he's Niles Rogers and the Sheik, and they did the freak out. Ah, uh, freak out. Yeah. Yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So it was, that was a really good opener. And then. This is the best part. So we're sitting there and we're like, okay, she's going to come on at 930. And they're like, okay, we're going to go get our drinks. Like, okay, you do that. And the other girl across from, like, who's dressed as Cher from the 80s, Caddy Corner's like, do you know where the bathroom is? Was she in the, what outfit? The wig and the leather jacket and all the. Okay. I thought, was she on the, what's that one? Turn back time. No, not that much. (laughs) Close, but not, not quite there. I didn't see anybody's ass hanging out. Mm. Unintentionally or intentionally. Um, but she's like, Do you know where the bathroom is? Do you think I have time? What time is she going to message? I was like, I was told 9 30. And she goes, I got five minutes. I'm going to go. So we were like, That's cutting oh. it too close. I know. For um, a woman going to the women's bathroom. Yeah. But she, but so then the, a guy comes down the aisle who does not belong in the aisle. He belongs in the aisle in front of me. I helped him climb over. He handed the beer to his husband and started climbing and he got straddled over the chairs, which are bolted to the ground. You can't just pick them up and move them. And he goes, can you lift my leg over for me? So I had to lift his right leg and help him climb. Was he cute? He was in his 60s. I mean, it was nice. He was, it was a great moment. I laughed. I thought it was fun. And so then everyone starts coming back. They're like, it's 930. I made it back. She like within seconds. And then. How much of a break were between Nile Rogers and. About 30 minutes. Is it Nile Rogers? Nile Rogers. Yeah. It was about 30 minutes. And so we're sitting there and we're like, okay, 930. What's happening? We're, you know, we're all like, da, 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 da. And then we see the curtain flutter, and the people in that side lost their fucking shit. I'm like, she's on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> what are they seeing that we don't see? She's on the fu- like. We lost our shit. We're like, something's happening. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's <laughs> um, so funny. It was. And then of course the lights drop down, and I've got the video of the opener. Um, and then she descended from the fucking ceiling. Singing, um, like above you. Well, no, I mean, oh, she was above uh, the stage, above the stage, and yeah. dropped down singing. Um, oh shit! Now I'm gonna not think of it. Woman's World. Oh was a good wow! Song. And then it cut to Strong Enough. After that, did you scream? Did you just start screaming? Yes, <laughs> I lost my mind. <laughs> it was, but it was just a cool moment because the whole like when people because they lost their shit. So for, what were they screaming for? Because she, she was, came. She has to get on the de- device to go up. Oh, so she came out, waved at them, went to the other side on the side. Oh, way. so that's kind of an interesting reason to go sit on that side. Yes, so you can and I've seen like, the video to see what happened because I looked it up. I was like, what did they get that I didn't get? Um, And so, yeah. Um, And then she told the story about calling David Letterman an asshole and how she ended up on his show doing Mm -hmm. that, which was really funny. Um, And you just have to look it up because I'm not telling you. So it's a little bit of an intimate... Kind of. She only told one story for real, for real. Um, There was a lot of video interludes for costume changes, which was very clever. One of my favorites was when they did um, the one about... They did an interlude about her movies, like uh-huh. different clips from like Silk that Road is, I think that Mast. adds a texture. Well, and she does a voiceover thing. with it too. And the best part was, and I wish I had recorded this, I'm sure it's online somewhere, is in Stuck on You, which came out in 03, she played a variation of her... She played herself. She played yeah. Cher. And that's where the line, I'm a fucking Oscar winner, came from. Because uh-huh. she does this whole big speech about, I don't beg for shit because I'm a fucking Oscar winner. And she... So they had that scene. She goes, why? Because I'm a fucking Oscar winner. And it cut to Moonstruck. And the audience lost That gave me it. chills when yeah. you said it. And the, <laughs> <laughs> the audience lost their mind. And it was just this collective... What? You know, because we were all so excited, you know. Um, I like that she does 
bring in that that element of yeah. you know all of her art because I think that came after that she sang after all which was the song from a movie I know after all the stops and stops that was actually my cousin's wedding song it's a beautiful song mm-hmm. and she does it in this beautiful outfit with a blonde wig and it's appropriate because they would break up and get back together and break up and get back are together are they divorced nope they're still well, together that's good it worked out <laughs> no that's what they mean after oh. all we're here no it was a perfect song for them oh okay I thought you no. meant like <laughs> retro Retrospective. Retrospect, <laughs> they were wrong. Um, but that was cool. And then um, I don't remember all. She There was a little bit of one about her talking about her experience with Elvis prior to singing um, Walking in Memphis, which she's going to be in Memphis. And I would love to see that happen. I would mm. love to see her sing Walking in Memphis in Memphis just for full circle moment. Yeah. Um, kind of like how people go to Winslow, Arizona. Standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona. Nope. No clue. The Eagles. Oh. (laughs) No clue. Um, And so that was really epic. And then, of course, she comes out and does I Found Someone, which is one of my favorite songs, and then does um, Turn Back Time after that in the black outfit onesie bodice thing with Mm -hmm. the leather jacket and the big hair, and we're all just crazy in our 80s. She wore all that? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I know I haven't told you anything because I didn't want to ruin it. Because we were going to talk about it. Oh my god! Yeah, and she looks fantastic. Oh, it's like you can't tell how old she is in this photo. No. Oh, I, I kind of want to just look at this picture and cry for a while. Because we're never going to look that good. <laughs> I that mean, age. never. Yeah. That is so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I wish... I know that photos on a podcast is, like, it's not good. If you follow me on Instagram, you can see them. Um, At Sadie May 57 Oh, look, you finally remembered. I do. I remember. <laughs> I'm prepared for this show much oh, more than prepared. any of the other okay. shows I've done. That's why we're using my mic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was really... It was... Um, and she ends with Believe, which is kind of appropriate. I love that. And it's so... And know what did happen? Oh, I didn't tell you this. So, and one of the interludes... Um, they played Lie to Me, and the two aerial dancers did this beautiful thing. Oh, that's neat. It was so beautiful, and I love that song so much. It's so... That's such a good idea. I never thought about doing yeah. that, just playing some of the songs she's not going to sing, and yeah. the aerial dancers And then did job. Um, we went back, and we did a three songs from the Dancing Queen album. I'm doing these so out of order. That's um, But Waterloo, SOS, and Fernando. Oh, she's so good at Fernando. But no, it's so extra and dramatic. So she's out on the stage with all her dancers doing Waterloo. And then it's a solo and she does... Because she dances like a... like. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. She can still, my mother asked that, going, she goes, can she still move? I'm like, yes. Like, I mean, like what does that Is mean? Does she already have rigor mortis? But, Is she that old? But I found a clip back in 04 when she did the farewell tour. She said that was her last tour because if she came back, she'd come back on a rhinestone scooter with her tits hanging to her knees. And I demand a rhinestone scooter on the next tour. I want it I mean, so I don't think bad. her tits will ever hang to her knees. No, girl. Not with a surgeon. Mm-hmm. No, not with her surgeons. No. No. If I had that money, mine wouldn't either. Some perk. Um, but I was like, I demand a rhinestone scooter at some point. But so she goes up in her little thingy and comes out on the top and does Fernando all dramatic with the background and it's so wonderful. Oh wow! It's so That's it's so extra and I'm just so in love with it. I love that. So okay, so let's shift gears a little bit. So you, I didn't even tell you about Sunny. Oh, you did. Sonny was there. Sonny was there. He died. I know. That's. I. I, I mean, <laughs> that's a little. I weird. want that kind of money that I can bring the dead back. Back to life. Alive for no, my concert. Um, so there was a little interlude video of her singing "A uh, Little Man," which was one of her early songs with pictures of her and Sonny. And then she came out and oh my god, sang, was everybody crying? I was close. I was a little close because it was. This was the moment. So she sings the beat goes on, which I don't get that song. I love it. I just... The beat goes yeah. on. I love it. It gets stuck in my head. Don't know what damn thing it means. Like I said, it was... To me, that song is one of those where a lot of the Stand- artists did. You go out onto the town square and just look at all the people and start pointing and saying about them. Yes. And then she talks about how she was not... You know, doesn't really do I Got You, Babe. The last time she and her... She and Sonny sang I Got You, Babe was in 1987. On the Letterman show. On the show. Letterman show. I remember seeing and that And then clip. she never really, to my knowledge, put in her tours... But she has it because he died in so 98. It is, so it is very precious to her that this is mine and Sonny's. 
I in my don't. mind, that's how I look at it. Um, I don't know if that's true because she didn't tell me that. We haven't talked lately. Mm-hmm. We've tweeted twice, but we've never talked lately. I know you have conversations with her on Twitter now. <laughs> um, she liked my nails. Uh huh. Because you had nails with her face. I on had it. share nails for my concert. Um, and then so she kind of little spoke about how Sonny would love it, and it's a video of him singing and her singing. But she looks at the video most of it like they used to. Back in the day, they always looked at each other when they sang the lyrics most of the time. Uh-huh. So she'll look, she looked at the screen, and it was kind of full circle. And I just thought, I'm seeing Cher sing "I Got You, Babe." Uh-huh. Like that is wild. Like what was she wearing? It was this like bell bottoms, like all very like rhinestone out bell bottoms with long sleeve shirt with the bang wee- wig, not the weave, the bang wig. Yeah, <laughs> I mean very like retro. But it was just a really cool moment, just because I kind of paused and thought. There are people in this room who watched them sing that song together live. Wow, that gave me so much. And then I'm getting, and I'm sitting in the same room watching, you know, I mean, that's kind of wild. My mom thought it was a little weird, but I'm like, it's not weird unless you pay to see the hologram perform, but seeing someone sing a duet with a video, that's not that uncommon. It's not weird. Like, um, Celine's done it with Frank Sinatra. Who does it when Natalie Cole did, did it with, it with her, Nat King Cole? Yeah, I've thumped a few times, and Janet Jackson did it with Scream. With, yeah, with Michael so it's, Jackson. So it's to me, if you're doing a hologram tour, that's one thing. But this was really interesting, and it was just kind of one of those. It was it felt very special to be able to say well, I was I, there for I that. I think I think it's very. I mean, if you're still vibrant and lively, and mm-hmm. you're doing a song that you did with someone who's dead, yeah. That's the only way you're ever going to be able to sing it again. Right. And I do think, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe maybe not, but I would protect that in a precious way. So, okay, so all that being said, mm-hmm. I want to I delve into the, the sort of the spiritualness of it, the spirituality of I it. I have something I, was, I haven't told anyone yet. I was going to wait to tell you. What? I cried driving home. From Did my, you? From New Orleans, yeah. Because that—that's what—that's really what I'm interested in. Because you did something that you've always done. You go to—you went to a concert. Mm-hmm. You've been to concerts. You've been to New Orleans. But the—the the complete makeup of what you did—you mm-hmm. drove by yourself to go see a concert by yourself. You treated yourself to special seats in the arena where you are really like you were so close to share. There is a world. There is a possibility in some way form or fashion the amount the distance between you and Cher that night you could have a conversation with someone mm-hmm. standing that far apart mm-hmm. in, in your work or your job you were that close mm-hmm. to Cher that night so yeah what, tell me about okay. that like <laughs> what does that really mean to you the and and what is, and what did you learn for, about yourself? Yeah, going to a concert by yourself. Well, the weird part is, and I don't know if you know this much about me because I probably don't talk about it very often because it's a little awkward. Is um, sorry, okay. I'm uncomfortable, so I'm turning away okay. from the mic. It's okay. <laughs> um, is that because of my anxiety growing up, I have pretty much physically trained myself not to get excited about things the same way people really? do because I wasn't able to tell the difference between. Um, excitement and anxiety. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's the same feeling. The butterflies because you're about to go on a first date is the same thing. I is what you would feel. I would feel the same thing as if I was being tracked down to be shot. Mm-hmm. Like that feeling is one and the same. So I never like my giddy excitement wow. isn't the, isn't there in the same level. It's all much more controlled because I don't want to push myself to a place where I can't get under control. So I think Mm -hmm. one of the things that truly helped is when John and Christine sat down and they were so ex- you know, outwardly excited. They're like, oh my God, these are such great seats. Oh yeah. my God. Oh my, where's the bar? Where are we going to do? You know, mm-hmm. that kind of, I was like, okay, you know, that yeah. was that kind of like felt that energy and I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. You know, yeah, it's cool to be that happy because a lot of times also, if I got nervous, I talked a lot and fast, and uh-huh. my mom would tell me to calm down. Oh, yeah, and never in the history of people calming down. <laughs> it doesn't ever work. Did they do it because someone told them to? Right, and it, <laughs> so, was, and it was really more of a yeah. nervous tick, so it was all that very self-control thing. So that happened, and then I was like, okay, they're giddy excited. I can be silly excited and yeah. be fine. Which I've been with other people right. before, but when you're solo, silly, excited, you kind of feel like you look like a psychopath. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because that that is the difference there, because you just like this this podcast, we're giving a back and forth. I'm mm-hmm. giving you my energy, you're giving me your energy, but when you're alone, there's nowhere to lay that energy. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, and and you're right. I've n- I've n- you've never said that. Uh, told me anything about that. But it's interesting because you and I bonded over anxiety and depression and you know yeah. stuff that we felt through yeah. life. But we've never talked about that, so it doesn't surprise me that yeah that that's a fact. But it's interesting and. I'm sure there's a lot of people like that. I mean, I think that's why a lot of people are pessimistic, you mm-hmm. know, and and you're not. You're not a no. pessimist person at all. So I get that. <clears throat> but, yeah, so that alone was really cool. And then I thought. So what were the tears? <laughs> I, driving home, for one, I saw, I was kind of like, I'm just going to take my time getting home. I don't have anywhere to be, so I'm going to just chill. And I passed a, um. Antique store that I had seen on the way down near, near Purdy Paints. <laughs> Purdy Paints. Oh, yeah. Near the Purdy Paints. You asked me, you're like, what is Purdy Paints? Because <laughs> I got really, because I saw a sign for on the side of the road. And so I stopped and I kind of, it was an antique store. I kind of walked around and I was just hanging and I was like, this is cool, blah, blah, blah. Bought a record. Don't have a record player still. What record did you buy? The best of Sonny and Cher. Oh, nice. It's full circle moment for me. Wow, that's pretty full circle. <laughs> um, and then I was driving and I started thinking about when you and I were supposed to go to Memphis to see Sharon Needles. And mm. I had to call you and tell you I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I was like, I was 22. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about when I was 19 and where I was 10 years ago and how I never thought in a million years I'd be able to do it. Wow, that makes me want to cry now. That's why I cry. I don't like, and I don't want to cry in front of you because I know that's you'll. I'll just stare at you awkwardly. I'll be like, "What do I do?" And then I start eat my poking shirt. me with a stick or something because <laughs> that's not what you like. But that really does make me emotional because you're my best friend. Yeah. And I've seen that transformation. Yeah. There was the times when I like like that night when we were supposed to go see Sharon Needles, and you're like, "I just can't." And yeah. And I understood, but, yeah. you know. Well, actually, what I remember what you said is I'm, I thought that's what, I was going to get this call. Mm. You kind of knew it wasn't yeah. going to happen. I was because, like, ah, it's a lot. But in my mind, I was like, this is something I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do it. And I couldn't. And I was like, I was. And when I went to college, I didn't know if I could stay. Yeah. When I graduated, I didn't know what I was going to do. And because of that, all that uncheckedness, I wasn't, I couldn't get a job when I graduated college because I didn't know, I, my anxiety was so under, uncontrolled. Mm-hmm. I couldn't go do trips with my friends. The idea of living alone never, didn't think I was going to be able to do it. And I was just driving home and I was like, I did all this. It's okay. I did it, you know? Yeah. And I just wish I could tell that 19 year old kid that it, there is a light at the end of the time. And that's really what I was ups- I It was happy tears. I wasn't like yeah, ugly no, crying, like, driving down the road going, oh my well, God. Well, and it sounds like it was a perfect experience. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there, you know. There is one thing I regret. What? Spoiling the concert for myself. <laughs> what did you do? Well, because I didn't know if I was, when I first saw that it was happening and there were cities around me, I didn't know if I was going to get to go. And so I was on Instagram and I was seeing videos from the concert. Uh-huh. I was seeing songs. I was seeing outfits. It's the first time I've ever spoiled a, con- spoiled a concert but for myself because th- I'd never do that. Oh, you That's, don't ever do that. Mm-mm. Wow. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that is weird. But also it it makes sense because you, we, I mean, not just you, but we all take control of something when we mm-hmm. can. And you, and I think that is something that spoilers are for you. You take that control of knowing mm-hmm. What's coming, and and you know, I think that's did it, did it diminish any of the surprise for you and the the excitement when you saw it? No, but I kind of wish I, I, it would have been fun to have not seen it yeah. just because then you don't know what's happening next. But well, when she goes on her next tour, you'll know not to. Yeah. Because she's doing a part two for Dancy Queen, and she's got dates through twenty twenty now for this concert. Because she don't slow down for shit. <laughs> that's I mean, what's impressive. Yeah, and like I remember, I that was the other thing that was really cool because she kind of spoke briefly about I can still do this. So if you're my age, get out there and just f- do what you want to do. Same if you're young, do what you want to do. Don't stop. And I'm like, that's really. It really is full circle for you. <laughs> That's so, I mean, it's just so, I mean, it makes me so happy. Yeah. But it was just kind of that eye-opening moment of there's no reason to not yeah, just do what the fuck you want to do. Well, and that's what, um, that happened to me too the other day. I think I told you about this. This um, is about time the lady serve. Yeah. I, <laughs> I had, I had this moment where I had to apologize to this, to this guest of mine and she started talking to me about stuff and and I've been I've been building up I've been doing more mm-hmm. performing in LA and I've been doing stuff but um 
I'm still not doing nearly as much as I could be mm-hmm. doing. And she did. She just took my hand. She goes, stop pretending to be a performer and go perform. And I was like, wow. When somebody. God is a woman. When so, <laughs> right. I was like, oh, my God. She just told me that. And my boss was sitting there. My boss's boss actually was sitting with us. And she was like, that felt divine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it sure did. It yeah. really did. And when you just realize that you're not doing enough, mm-hmm. and it's okay, and not not in a self-deprecating way, but you you only know what you can know mm-hmm. when you know it, and mm-hmm. it's like when you realize, oh, I could be doing a lot more, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's a fun moment. So yeah, yeah I mean, so this was like this was, was like life changing well, for you. And right? I was all yeah. And the other part that was really great was. Where I work now, they are so we're so excited for other, mm-hmm. each other's adventures. And someone I went to lunch the Thursday beforehand, and I came back and on a sticky note on my desk it said "To Sarah Love Share," and one of my coworkers had written it. Oh, that's so and so sweet. stuff like that. And they were like, "Oh, tell us about the concert. Did you have fun? What was it? You know, like there was so much excitement. They wanted to know all. About yeah. It, yeah, and I was like, "This well, is that- pretty nice because it's like, you know, because it's." They knew I was excited to do yeah. it. And I found out later my friend who kept texting me, are you home yet? The only reason they did that is because she was the first one to tell me to go alone. So she wanted to make sure I got home and everything was perfect. Yeah. She didn't want me to get like in a car accident on my way home and be right. like, I ruined your life. <laughs> exactly. This adventure. Uh, um, yeah. She wanted the, the period, yeah. the end of the, the moment. <laughs> But that that is so, but just you getting this new job this year and mm-hmm. all your coworkers being excited for that it does let us know I mean I don't know if you believe in God don't believe in God you believe in we're all mm-hmm. connected in some way it is connected in mm-hmm. some way you know you the more you beget the good energy and beget mm-hmm. the positive and and doing mm-hmm. what what feels right and what feels good to you yeah the more it'll just keep coming yeah. so I can't wait to see what comes yeah. next but it was a lot of fun. I will say I do want to go to a concert with you now because I've never been to a concert with you. No, I haven't gone to a lot of concerts. Like I went, I've seen John Mayer twice. Why? I'm not even a huge John Mayer fan. You're not like a 14 year old girl. No, I mean, this was back in like 2006 and 2007. So you're not a seven year old girl. It wasn't like, it wasn't like I've recently been to a John Mayer concert, but I've been to John Mayer. My very first concert in life was Uh Britney Spears when I was 12. (laughs) No, I wasn't 12. I was probably 10. Yeah, what was, year was it? it was, was it Oops, I Did It Again? No, no, no. It was the Baby One More Time tour. Oh, it was God. the very end of the Baby One More Time oh, tour. Oh, Lord. She Jesus. was singing Live a couple of songs. No, no, no. Oh. It was She was singing a couple of songs from the Oops, I Did It Again album, but it was the Baby One More Time oh. tour, so it was the very end. But it was in Birmingham. That was the very first concert. They realized, oh, this bitch is not singing. She's lip syncing. <laughs> and I was there. Yeah. So, and, um, but I went to that, and I've been to John Mayer a couple of times. I've, d- I've done, what's that? Uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. That I ain't a that. concert. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty cool. They had yeah. they had lasers, um, and I went to Reba and Kelly Clarkson once, which was God. You're a 50 year old woman. I really am. <laughs> and I don't care. But Reba and to Kelly Clarkson was the yeah. best show I've ever seen. Yeah. But I don't think it would be as good as like Cher. No. And I, I really am planning to. I, okay, 50 year old woman. I'm planning to go Dolly. No. Oh, I, I, I would go to a Dolly concert in a heartbeat. <laughs> but I am planning to go. Um, to Vegas to see Shania Twain's Let's Go Tour or Let's Go Residency. I really want to because I love her. So, uh, you it, should take Zsa 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 loves Would Shania. she go? Oh my God. <laughs> would she go? You and Ethan could go. Um, see Cher? <laughs> or, no, I'm going with you to Cher. Y'all can go gamble in the casino while me and Zsa are watching Shania. No, I really love Shania's story and that's a yeah. whole podcast in itself yeah. because she's been through hell and back. She lost her entire voice due to Lyme disease and now she's back singing better than ever. But that's beside the point. I'm just saying I'm not going to a lot of concerts. Yeah. Um I would love I, to go to a concert with you. I love You don't you love music that I don't love. Yeah. Like I got like Charlie Daniels Band tickets in March. I would love to see Charlie Daniels Band. I would love to see Cher. You would um, love Alice Cooper, man. Do you think I would like Alice Cooper? Alice I just Cooper really don't is know the, much thea- of his, his is the theatrics then. Oh. Well, then I would love that. But like Kiss, I, w- I don't think I would enjoy myself at Kiss. You would have enjoyed would. people watching on Kiss, man. These two <laughs> bros, I don't know if they knew each other when they got there, but they were hugging arms and singing really? Cold Gin together, and they were drunk as fuck. It was amazing. See, and you <laughs> you have the the... the 
the view of that you need to have to go to a concert like that. I don't know if I would see that. The, yeah. the two men hugging and doing that. My well, I will say to concerts alone, I like the people who've been around since the invention of music mm-hmm. because if there's if you are like perfect example, this is what I always thought. Cher, Kiss, Alice Cooper, Arya Speedwagon, all those people I've seen live are still doing it because they want to and they can. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, when he was supposed to be at the O2 Arena, was doing it because he needed the cash. Yeah. And you can tell the difference when someone is doing it because they want to and they love performing and they're right. like, I got to do it while I can got two legs to stand on and not. Yeah. See, and, I would love to have seen um, Carol King and, mm-hmm. and James Taylor at the Troubadour yeah. down in Hollywood. Like that, that would be something. They mm-hmm. were just on it. They were at a piano, just kind of jamming because they're friends. Yeah. Like I would love to see something like that. And, but yeah, I, I would, I'd love to find that cross section for you and me where, I mean, I guess it would be Cher. Or Gaga. Yeah. Oh, I did go to Gaga. Sorry. I, yeah, I said, you did. I forgot. I, I sat second row at Gaga. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and and you at the blocked Fox. it out, apparently. Well, it's because of who I went with. <laughs> But it's interesting. We took pictures with the two girls behind us. Are you still friends with them? No, not at all. Ten years later, one of those girls showed up when I was working Sephora at Times Square, and was I was like, "Did you go to Gaga at the Fox?" And yada yada. And she goes, "Yeah." And I pulled up a picture of her and me on my Facebook, and she goes, "This is weird. This is Times Square." <laughs> and it was in it was in Georgia when we went, yeah. and then I ran into her in Times Square. Yeah. Isn't that the craziest thing? That's creepy. But and things like that just happen mm-hmm. when you go to a concert. But I would love to go um, to uh, a concert with you. Yeah. But you can't leave. You can get your drink at between the opening act and the main act. Oh, I don't Before leave. and after. You can't pee. You're just going to piss your pants. You don't That's leave. why I don't drink. Like, when I go to the movies or anything, that, that I would... Because that, I have a tiny bladder. So I don't go... <laughs> Withhold I don't drink. liquids. I, I I'm not leaving. If I got to puke, I'm puking on the person in front of me. I don't care. Right. I'm you not leaving. bend over and puke on the floor. You don't have to puke on people. <laughs> well, it means they'll go down and I'll have a better view. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, I would love to, to experience that with you because you um, you really love concerts. I do. And I don't do well with crowds, so that would be mm-hmm. great. But yeah, this is so I love that you, you've learned something about yourself. That and, um, well, we may have to rediscuss if Leon and I go in March to Birmingham. I know, my cousin, whom you, you, uh, you and my cousin helped us move to California. And so y'all got to know each other, and y'all bonded over music mm-hmm. when y'all would We jammed together. in the car, y'all jammed. Janet. Oh, yeah, he loves Janet. But then he, he loves Cher, too. And over Waffle House the other night, y'all are already starting a new plan. <laughs> so it's getting closer. You're going, my cousin. You might go with Maybe. me one day. But anyway, thanks for being on Not For Nothing. Thanks for coming into my home and forcing me to record against my will. Well, you know, and this is really why. I mean, you gave me the perfect reason to call the show not for nothing because oh, you wa- so special. you really wanted to go to the share concert and you drove home and it just it was all for not for nothing because mm-hmm. you realized just doing what you want sometimes really does lead you to the mm-hmm. higher ground like if you just lean in and be brave enough to do what it is you want to mm-hmm. do I mean, there's no way to tell somebody that. There's no, no logic in there's it. No there's no way. There's no. You would have logic never convinced me of this, anything seven to ten years ago that it was going to happen. Like, and you know, you just you get that message when you get that mm-hmm. message, and I hope that people listening, my, they will find inspiration in that because yeah. that's so true. And you can find that inspiration at share.com. <laughs> You're welcome. You're Cher. welcome. You better tweet share and let her know that. This was a very special episode. Yeah. And I'll tweet at her, too, about okay. you need to listen to this because you changed someone's life today. Yeah. And um, she liked my share nails on Twitter. She it, really there's did. evidence of it. I'm still curious, though. Did she actually say, Tiff? Tiff. I, I'm so mad there was no How one does to pizza happen? I hope to God. <laughs> I will one day find out if that is a true story or not. And I don't care if it is or not. I love it. I if want you, it to be a true story. You, if you if you don't know the reference, it's Kathy Griffin talking about her friendship with Cher. Go look it up. It's hilarious. It's We're, all over the YouTube. It's all over YouTube. But yeah. This was supposed to be 30 minutes long. Whatever. It is what it is. Not for nothing. Not for Ding. nothing. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> um, and that was my interview with Sarah talking all about her journey to go see Cher in New Orleans all by herself. 
in the interview, you heard Sarah say that that was something she never thought she could do because of her anxiety and her fear of the unknown, but she did it. And I think that can be an inspiration to anybody just leaning in and doing what you feel like you want to do because it is what you want to do. And I know I'm going to take inspiration from that this year and really just lean in and take care of some self-care. And I said at the top of the show that I had sent out a message on the We Need to Talk Facebook page to find out what other people are planning to do this year. And someone that I've been trying to have on the show for years, and it just hasn't worked out because of geography, because of timing, my cousin, Joshua Charles Parker, he said uh, his plans are to hang out with his cousin more. I like that plan. And Sarah Glover, somebody I went to college with, um, she says, I just started working on my children's book series. I'm hoping to have rough drafts finished of all the books by the end of the year. The best case scenario would be to have at least one published as well. Well, Sarah, I am sending up good vibes and prayers and thoughts for you to get that done. Congratulations. I love to see when people have the opportunity to really invest in their own creativity because creativity is really what makes the world go round. And uh, another person that I've been trying to have on the show for years and years and years, and again, geography and timing hasn't worked out, Lauren Hathcock. She says, I hope to complete my doctorate. She's going to complete her doctorate this year. That's a big deal. Like, no matter what happens in this year, she's going to get her PhD this year. That's really cool. Congratulations, Lauren. And Charity Whitlock, yet another cousin of mine. Okay, guys, I'm from Alabama. I know I got a lot of cousins. But another cousin of mine, I love this one because um, both Sarah Glover and Lauren Hathcock, they had really big lofty goals that they're planning to achieve this year but sometimes it's not just the lofty goals sometimes it's really more about what you're going to do on a day-to-day basis and charity says to walk my dogs on a routine they depend on me cpr class that's a good one charity you never know when you're going to need to be able to help someone and help save a life and she wants to do ballroom dancing that's so cool Um, I watch Dancing with the Stars sometimes. Uh, Realtalk.com. I try to watch Dancing with the Stars anytime I see somebody I'm a fan of that is going to be on the show. I get the first dance out of the way. They go to commercial break, and I look at myself yet again and say, I'm so bored, I can't stand this, so I turn it off. I never watch ballroom. But ballroom dancing looks like it would be so much fun and I'd love to take a class like that too sometime so you'll have to let us know maybe even send a video of you doing ballroom dancing and we can put it on the Facebook page Um, and then you said graduate with behavioral science degree well okay so there's some lofty goals in there too for charity but charity started with walking her dogs every day and we can all start with something like that that's okay too we don't have to graduate with our behavioral science degree or get our phd or write a children's book but if that is something you're thinking about doing just do it just lean in give it a try do see what happens um oh and charity said also and maybe start singing publicly again That's a good one. Jeanette Cologne says to travel more and promote my own self-care. Preach, woman. Uh, Susan Donaldson, I think this is the best answer. Um, She's someone who lives in Alabama, where I come from. She was a friend of the family for years and years and years. She said, I need to work on everything. You know what? That pretty much sums it up. So also a couple of people that I wanted to give a shout out to because they got some big things going on this year. Uh, Friend of the show, Father William, who from afar gives some of his opinions on the, the topics we're talking about. You've heard that in previous episodes. He is, like I said, Father William. He's a priest. He was just made the 14th rector of St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Brooklyn. Congratulations. That's a big deal. Um... And Kristen, someone who's been on the show before, she and I had a really interesting episode about grief and loss and spirituality. Well, she was talking about just going, uh, she was talking about at the end of 2017 how she was going through a divorce. Um, And it's such a long process to get through a divorce in New York City. Well, she's getting remarried to Stephen. 
Uh, congratulations, Kristen. I'm so happy. There's nobody that I feel deserves happiness in their life more than you because you are such a good person and you work very hard to help others. And I'm so excited for your new, uh, blessed marriage to come and I will be there at that wedding in New York so it seems like there's a lot of people got a lot of plans this year so let's just go for it let's do 2020 big let's go big or go go small go if you need some peace in your life go a little smaller cut out some of the fat come out cut out some of the things that are just weighing you down because today's all we got for sure and we need to lean in and that was the first episode of Not For Nothing. Uh, if you're not already a subscriber to the show, go to iTunes or iHeartRadio or Stitcher, anywhere you get podcasts, and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And I guess that'll just about do it. Where do they find out where how to follow you? They can follow me at Kyle L. Henderson on Twitter, on Instagram, and Snapchat. Do you Snapchat? I don't, but I give it out. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I will. I don't know. <laughs> but, um... But yeah, I think it's nice. It was really cool. And it Are was, you okay? No. I feel like this chair, like, I feel like if I stand up, it's going to split in half. <laughs> I'm not a you who wants to switch. What happened to the bar? I don't know, but it, we, no one ever sits on my furniture.